It's tradition at this point. It's time for Bookish Superlatives. Hello and welcome to Talk Bookish to Me, the podcast where readers gather to talk about books, share recommendations, and chase that five-star feeling. I'm your host, Gwen, and today I'm joined by Amy to chat about some of the books that we read in 2023. What's the most popular book we read? What's the prettiest book we read? And more. Hey everyone, I'm Amy. I love reading contemporary romance, mysteries, thrillers, and I'm starting to dabble in fantasy. Um, you can find me on Bookstagram as Mochas and Mood Reads, where you'll find everything I'm reading, as well as some snapshots of my reading bullet journal and lots of cats, because I'm a big cat person. And as I prepared for this episode, I realized that's going to come up a lot. So just up front, I'm a big cat person. So um, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Gwen. I'm so excited to have you. Amy is actually one of my in real life friends, and we're also in the same book club. And yeah, I'm just really excited excited to have her. We talked about this so long ago and it's finally here. So woohoo! <laughs> I'm so excited so we made it happen. Me too. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll get the most up-to-date information about the podcast, including which episodes are coming up, what book I'm reading for the next book discussion, which guests you can see that are, I have booked and more. Head over to Talk Bookish Podcast on Instagram and give me a follow. And if you feel so inclined, you can support the podcast further by checking me out on Patreon for bonus podcast episodes and other fun events and live streams. Right now I'm doing a And Then There Were None inspired team reading challenge. And it is so much fun. So you definitely have to check me out over there. Before we jump into the superlatives, I always like to ask my guests what they're currently reading and what their last five star read was. All right, so I just finished up Divine Rivals yesterday, which is perfect timing because that's actually our book club pick for the month. So I'm excited for that. Um, And then I immediately jumped into Ruthless Vows by Rebecca Ross. So this book duology in general is very much outside my comfort zone. It's YA, which is not normally my jam. It's historical fiction and it's romanticy, which again, I'm just starting to dabble in that genre. Um, But I am getting into it. I can't say that I love it as much as it's hyped, but I am enjoying it. It's about two rivaling journalists who unknowingly have a magical connection. And then this romance blossoms between them, very similar to You've Got Mail, but with typewriters instead of the internet. I love that. I love how you described it. Um, It has so much packed into it, you know, just the different genres, the different tropes and themes. I also like just finished reading Divine Rivals this morning, actually. Um, And it all we pretty much have like so similar reading taste. And like we both love rom coms and we both love like mystery thrillers and stuff like that. But there's something about this that was calling to me. I heard all the praise about it. I was like, okay, let me give it a shot. And then like you said, it's our book club pick. So I'm like, okay, I'm doing this. Um, but it did have, everybody said, oh, it's like, it has romance in it, but it's historical and it's fantasy. And I was like, how are they going to combine all of that? But now that I've read it, I understand. But I also agree. I'm not like a super fan like other people are, but overall it was an enjoyable experience. And I can't wait to talk about it at book club with everybody else. So what was your last five-star read? So my last five-star read was Last Call at the Local by Sarah Grunder-Ruiz. This one just came out on January 2nd. 
Um, it's about a traveling American musician who teams up with a charming Irish man to save his family's pub. So for starters, it had a really great um, representation for neurodivergence slash mental health rep for ADHD and OCD. Um, next, and this is where my love for cats comes in because it stars a tattooed cat daddy with an Irish accent. And to be honest, that they won me over at that point. I love that. Um, <laughs> Yes, especially because I listened on audio and the Irish uh, accents that were given were just perfection. Um, overall, their relationship was messy, but it was real and it gave me all the feels. I finished it up like the very last week of December. Um, so it was one of my last reads for January, um, but absolutely five stars. Oh, I love that. So definitely check that one out. It just came out, you guys. That was Last Caught the Local. Very interesting. I hadn't heard of that, but it sounds so interesting, especially with all of the representation it includes. It's a fun one. So far, my friends that I've seen that have read it, um, it's been it's been well reviewed. So definitely encourage checking it out. If you're like me, even when you're doing your best to concentrate on your book without getting distracted by your phone, or you're sitting down for a lengthy study session, or in my case, editing session, you're not always 100% focused and you're not always getting everything done as quickly and efficiently as you need to. I found the perfect solution. It's called Magic Mind. This little green shot dials me into the tasks ahead. I feel much more focused and productive because of the new topics inside that improve attention, concentration, and cognition. Magic Mind is packed with wonderful ingredients like Bacopa, which is a nootropic that improves your attention span, your ability to process and learn new information, and your memory. Seeing how well it works for me, I would really encourage you to try it out as well if you're having trouble being 100% on some days. It's a total game changer. The Magic Mind team created a special offer for me to share with you this month only, January 2024. They want to help you crush your New Year's resolutions fully focused. You get one month for free when you subscribe for three months at www.magicmind.com slash Jan TalkBookish. And with my code TalkBookish20, it's an extra 20% off, which gets you a total of 75% off. This only lasts until the end of January, so hurry up before it goes away. Okay, let's transition into the superlatives now. We're going to go through the same ones that I've done in years past. These seem to be the fan favorites. So we'll start off with the most popular book you read. All right, so my most popular read was Verity by Colleen Hoover, which I know that this book actually came up in last year's podcast uh, <laughs> for this exact episode. So it's clearly still going strong. Um, it was most shelved at 3,979,000 um, people that have shelved it. It's about a struggling writer named Lowen who accepts a unique opportunity to ghostwrite for a best-selling author named Verity who was severely injured and can't finish out her series. So Verity's husband, Jeremy, welcomes Lowen into their home and gives Lowen access to Verity's home office that has all of her notes for the book. Lowen comes across a manuscript for an autobiography that she wrote that includes horrifying admissions relating to her daughter's death. So as Lowen's de feelings develop for Jeremy, she considers sharing that manuscript with him, but then more disturbing secrets just keep coming out. Was that the first time you read it was in 2023? Yes. Oh, wow. So what did you think about that one? It, I had such mixed feelings about it. Like, I think I did end up giving it four stars, but like, I didn't like it. 
Um, I appreciated the twist at the end. It was just, it had some graphic imagery in it. Like Mm -hmm. I knew going into it that it was a really dark read. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just, I now, and I learned that that, type of graphic imagery is just not for me and I'd rather not <laughs> yeah, read about I it in my books. Um, so for my most popular, another Colleen Hoover, it ends with us. And this one has been shelved over 5 million times. Um, it's the story about Lily who has just moved and is ready to start her life after college. She meets a guy named Ryle and she falls for him. And as she is developing feelings for him, Atlas, her first love appears and challenges the relationships between Lily and Ryle. Um, I've read Verity a couple of times and I've also read It Ends With Us a couple of times. So yeah, they're pretty popular books. Um, okay, most likely to succeed. And this could mean like a book you'll be talking about for years to come or a book that you'll just be recommending to your friends. All right. So for me, that is Blood Sisters by Vanessa Lilly. So this is a mystery about a Cherokee archaeologist for the Bureau of Indian Affairs who is summoned to rural Oklahoma to investigate the disappearance of two women, one being her sister. So even though this was fiction, it is inspired by true events revolving around the fact that too many indigenous women are going missing in our country, and these cases are often ignored. It was well-researched, and it's an own voices story, as Vanessa Lilly herself is Cherokee. Um, This book sheds light on some of just more injustice that's been committed against our indigenous population and how that continues to impact their way of life today. But that was woven into the story as the main character is searching for her sister. For me, this was a huge page turner with a plot twist I didn't see coming at all. And at the end, it just left me feeling raw and in tears as I processed everything. Oh so it was goodness. just, it was one of the most impactful reads for me of the year by, uh, by far. So it's definitely one that I'm recommending to anyone who enjoys mystery novels um if you are a true crime um junkie it actually reminded me of conversations i've seen talked about in um that podcast so it is one i'm telling everyone about definitely oh, worth nice reading. i'll have to check that one out um okay so mine is the collected regrets of clover by mika bramer and i picked this one because it's general fiction so i think that that could work for a lot of readers but also because the story is both sad and hopeful it also has some really great quotes and i adored every single character except for the one that i wasn't supposed to love but literally everybody else i loved so much Um, I actually, it was one of my favorites of last year and I already reread it this year. So it is a favorite, favorite, like an all time favorite, favorite. Um, From the day she watched her kindergarten teacher drop dead during a dramatic telling of Peter Rabbit, Clover Brooks has felt a stronger connection with the dying than she has with the living. And after the beloved grandfather who raised her dies alone while she's traveling, she becomes a death doula in New York City, dedicating her life to ushering people peacefully through the end of the life process. I also think just where I am in my life and personal things I have going on in my life made me extra like connected to the story so but I highly recommend it oh my gosh it's so I'll have good. to check that one out I've definitely seen it talked about a lot um so yeah I have to add that to my TBR yeah I know that that's the dangerous part of these episodes you're like mm, <laughs> if I haven't read it it's going on the TBR <laughs> um okay our next superlative is most improved it could be a book or series that started slow but really picked up or an author that you haven't liked before but that you're starting to like now however you want to interpret these is fine with me 
So I picked All the Dangerous Things by Stacey Willingham. And even though I really enjoyed her first novel, Flicker in the Dark, I know that it had some negative feedback for how slow pacing it is. And uh, All the Dangerous Things is the same. It starts out really slow. Um, but then when it picks up, it is such a wild ride. And I loved this one even more than Flicker in the Dark. I was audibly gasping and I had to pause reading a few times just to process what I was reading. Um, I looked back at some of my reviews throughout the year just to kind of help jog my memory a little bit in preparation for this. And I loved um, one of the comments that my friend from Plan With M had shared, she said that when she was reading it, it was like she was gasping like she was reading or watching a telenovela. And I just thought that was such an accurate description of how it felt to read this book. I love that. <laughs> yeah, so All the Dangerous Things is about a mother's journey to finding her missing son with the help of a true crime podcaster. And this also includes the theme of postpartum depression. So definitely take care. Okay, so my pick for the most improved is The Only Survivors by Megan Miranda. And I picked this because of the way it was written. So the present timeline is going forward and the flashback past parts are being told in reverse. So at first I didn't really understand what was happening. <laughs> like I was like, why am I not getting it? Like what is going on? But once I did, I really started getting into the story and I don't know how long it took me, but once I got it, I was like, wait, it's being told in reverse. It was like a light bulb went off in my head or something. So it just, it really got me into the story and it set up for a really good reveal at the end of the book. Um, the Only Survivors is an atmospheric thriller following a cast of characters dealing with survivor's guilt and since a tragic accident on a school trip 10 years ago. Um, the nine remaining survivors made a pact to reconvene on the yearly anniversary and they do that in the Outer Banks, which I also liked because of course that's kind of a local-ish spot Absolutely. to where I am. It's only like an hour and a half away. So I liked that as well. Our next superlative is most likely to change the world. It may seem a bit dramatic but just go with us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I feel like my answer, it's definitely not unique. Um, my pick for this is A Court of Thorns and Roses slash A Court of Mist and Fury by Sarah J. Mass. But I'm picking that because that was the series that got me into reading fantasy. And I know that's been the case for several other people. Um, so Fantasy has not been on my radar since Twilight, but this book absolutely brought me back into it. Uh, A Court of Mist and Fury is the book two in this series, and that's the one that really brought me in. But because it's a series, you have to read them in order. So that's why I've included both books here. And um, I just felt like it was a it's a good gateway series into fantasy, especially if you are a binging romance reader like I am. Um, so Akatar, for sure, A Court of Thorns and Roses, starts out as a fantasy Beauty and the Beast retelling with fairies and other magical creatures. And I don't feel like I can share anything else because it won't make sense to you until you just dive right. in. Just dive in. If you haven't read it already, dive in. <laughs> um, okay, so we were talking earlier how we don't read much YA. But Definitely. this series, I just kept hearing some good things. So I was like, let me try it. It's The Naturals by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. And this book consumed me. I ate it up. And it's a young adult like mystery thriller. I rarely read young adult, much less 
young adult mystery thrillers anymore, but this book changed my mind completely. And if you enjoy shows like Criminal Minds, then you need to give this one a go. I also got the remaining three books in the series for Christmas. I've already read the second book and I cannot wait to read the third and fourth. The Naturals follows Casey, whose mother went missing five years ago and is presumed dead. Her mother was a fake psychic and she taught Cassie how to profile people, a talent that led to her being recruited by the FBI and the FBI has a team of gifted teens who solve cold cases. I cannot tell you the chokehold this YA series has on me. It's all I can think about. Like as I'm reading other books that I need to, like I had to read the book for book club. I have to read the one for my book club. I have to read one for the podcast. And I'm like, when am I going to finish these books that I have to read so I can read what I really want to read? It's so good. They're so fast paced. It's I'm more of a plot driven reader, but these are they have really good character development throughout. I feel like the first book is really Cassie's book. And in the second book, they Cassie's still kind of like a main character, but it also follows Dean and gives more of his backstory and stuff like that. So I just it's such a good it's such a good book. So if you don't read YA, but you like Criminal Minds or even shows like CSI kind of, I think you should give it a try because it's really, really good. And this actually came out before The Inheritance Games. This was her series before that. So I'm reading this one first and then I am going to read The Inheritance Game because I'm just obsessed. Okay. I am a pretty big fan of Criminal Minds. So this sounds like fun. It sounds like another one for me to add to the list. To check out. <laughs> yeah, I can even let you borrow my copy if you want. Our next superlative most likely to become famous. I really struggled with picking a book for this one, and I ended up going with The Rom-Con by Devin Daniels, and I did, and I chose this one because I just think it's such, it is a throwback to classic 2000 rom-coms, um, like How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days and 27 Dresses while still having a fresh story. I think that if you loved either one of those popular movies, then you should definitely check this one out. It's a feel-good story, and if you are an audiobook lover, Brittany Presley does a fantastic job bringing these characters to life. Um, the Roncon is a modern battle of the sexes about a journalist who hatches an elaborate plan to take down her industry adversary while using 1950s dating advice from her grandmother. Um, it sounds cheesy. It sounds, I mean, I know that it probably sounds a little wild, but just trust me that it was really, really good. It all works together. And I think it just had that nostalgia vibes for me because it was like at peak rom-con goodness in my personal opinion. So my pick is a book 100% enjoyed by the majority of readers who pick it up. And that is Yellowface by R.F. Kuang. And it just wasn't for me. <laughs> I don't enjoy books about like writers or books about books usually anyway. Like I, it's not one of my favorite tropes. And I strongly disliked the main character. And I know you're supposed to, but it still annoyed <laughs> me. Um, Yellow Face is an immersive satirical novel. That's another thing I don't like. I don't like satirical novels. <laughs> That takes us on a thrilling journey through the eyes of a writer who struggles to make her own way in the cutthroat world of publishing in a climate where the publishing industry is being highly scrutinized for its gatekeeping, unfair treatment of marginalized writers and editors, its role in appropriation, 
the list could go on and on. Wong's novel is a strong commentary on the exploitation and rigors writers face under the pressure to be successful. On Goodreads, it has a 3.86 average rating with over 250,000 ratings, and it was the Goodreads Choice Award winner for Best Fiction in 2023. So definitely if this is up your alley, I know a lot of readers who love books about books or books with writers and all of that. And like I said, it has wonderful commentary. Um, it just wasn't the book for me, but I definitely think a lot of people are going to continue to love this book. That's one I've been waiting on a library hold um, for many. Well, actually, I think I put the hold back when our book club had picked that as mm -hmm. their book selection. So whatever month that was, that's how long I've been waiting. Yeah. Um, for <laughs> long my library time. hold. <laughs> yes, it's quite popular. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next superlative is Class Clown. And you could either choose like a funny book or a funny character, however you wanted to do it. So I picked 10 Things That Never Happened by Alexis Hall. This is a queer holiday rom-com that was like a mashup of The Office with Superstore and then throwing in a memorable cat. I listened to this on audio and I was dying of laughter. I thought that the plot of a character faking amnesia to keep from getting fired by his boss was ridiculous, and it was, but I was laughing way too much to care. There were so many great one-liners, and then the cat scenes were just hilariously relatable for anyone that's had a cat. Um, Alexis Hall and narrator Will Watt really knocked it out of the park for me, and I just haven't seen this book get the love that it deserves, so if you loved boyfriend material, you need to add this to your TBR, and I highly, highly recommend it on audio. Just note that with the British accent, I did have to slow down the speed compared to what I normally listen to in order to understand it, but again, it was beautifully done. Awesome. I also had... Um, kind of like a holiday book that stuck out is super hilarious to me. And mine was The Christmas Wish by Lindsay Kelk. And it was it was literally so that's I don't even remember much of the plot, to be honest. I just remember how much it made me laugh. And like, to me, that's that's what I love. Um, but I also worry about the marketing of the cover of the book, it makes it seem like a romance book. Um, but it's much more of a contemporary with a side of romance. So just keep that in mind, because I know a lot of people will go into it thinking one thing, and then they get disappointed by it, you know, because it's not focused on the romance. But it's about a woman that relives Christmas Day over and over again, um, while trying to figure out her life and how to stop this Groundhog's Day from happening, and finding out that the people around her are struggling too in their own way. And the main character's name is Gwen. <laughs> so she's put on leave from her job and is dumped by her boyfriend and headed home for Christmas. And as much as she was hoping that Christmas would be a break, it went horribly. And the worst part is, is that she wakes up the next morning to do it all over again. Each day she tries something new. She tried granting her family's wishes in the hopes that it would set things right again. But each day she woke up and it was Christmas all over again. There were quite a few pop culture references but I thought they blended in seamlessly. And again, I laughed so much while reading this book. It put me in a good mood, which I also love. And if you enjoyed like In a Holidays by Christina Lauren, then you should definitely give this one a go. The January Aardvark Book Club picks are in and I would love to know which book you chose. Aardvark Book Club is a subscription-based book box that allows you to discover new releases from the comfort of your couch. And then once you've made your monthly selection, it arrives at your house in style. Have you seen their signature colorful box? This month they offered six selections to choose from, including 
Where you end by Abbott Collier. Welcome to the intricate, disquieting world of the bird twins, where one sister's lies send the other back to their dangerous past. Their second choice is Sugar Baby by Celine St. Clair. From the high rises of Canary Wharf to the turquoise pools of Miami comes a darkly funny, shocking, intoxicating read about 21-year-old Agnes that goes on a journey of self-discovery that offers sharp commentary on race, beauty, and class. The third choice is The Dijin Waits 100 Years by Shubnu Khan, a historical fiction book set in South Africa told in dual timelines, one mainly in 1932 that follows the Khan family and their struggles, and one in 2014 that follows a 15-year-old as she moves into a grand and decaying mansion by the sea. The fourth choice is Rabbit Hole by Kate Brody. After her father's suicide, Teddy stumbles into an active Reddit community about her sister's disappearance. She quickly becomes fixated on it and it affects her life in unseen ways. Anyone who has been sucked into a true crime rabbit hole will appreciate this story. Their fifth choice is The Fake Mate by Lana Ferguson. In this one, we have two wolf shifters who agree to be fake mates, but unexpectedly find something real in this steamy paranormal romantic comedy. Or for their sixth option, you can choose the 2023 member's choice, which was Chain Gang. And as an introductory discount for new members, Aardvark is offering my U.S. listeners a special deal. Sign up and receive your first book for only $4 plus sales tax using my code TALKBOOKISH. I will have their website and my special code in the notes of today's show. Join the club, download the app, and participate in community discussions about the books each month. This month, I picked three books that I was so excited about. I chose Where You End, Sugar Baby, and rabbit hole. Let me know what you chose. All right, our next superlative is Life of the Party, an entertaining or super fun book to read. So I picked To Have and to Heist by Sarah Desai. Uh, in this book, Semi pulls together an amateur Ocean's Eleven crew to steal back jewelry that her best friend has been framed for stealing. Her crew includes an ethical hacker, a sheltered nerd living with his parents, a wild getaway driver, a protective grump, an old lady with a thriving sex life, a male escort, and a charming mystery man who's hiding his identity. So this was an action-packed mystery romance that had me laughing the entire time. This was another one I listened to on audio, and Sunila Nankani delivered an exceptional performance, and I just felt like she really captured the essence of Simi's personality in a way that I just would not have been able to experience if I had read this with my eyeballs. So once again, I absolutely recommend this book, especially on audio. All right. My book for Life of the Party is The Family Game by Katherine Stedman. I was super entertained and read this in one sitting. The pacing was great. It kept me on my toes. I'm also really happy that I started it around Thanksgiving time, which fit perfectly with the book. 
The mystery of the rich family and their twisted games had me sucked in beginning to end. It's a bit of a slow burn though. Um, but since I was so invested in what was happening, that worked in my favor. I love popcorn thrillers. I talk about them all the time. And I would definitely add this one to that category. From the first sentence of the family game, we know that something has gone very wrong. The prologue opens with the protagonist, Harry, waking up bloody and beaten on the floor of her future in-laws mansion on Christmas day. Then the novel jumps back a month to just before Thanksgiving when Harry becomes engaged to Edward Holbeck, the man of her dreams. But Edward is a member of a tremendously powerful and wealthy family with whom he had a seemingly fractured relationship, which makes him nervous to bring Harry into their orbit. Once he does, we start to sense that something about the family isn't to be trusted, especially as they have a curious passion for games and a tendency to take innocent fun a step too far. All right, my this is I love this next um, superlative most unique. It could be plot, character, writing. So I picked Everyone in My Family Has Killed Someone by Benjamin Stevenson. And I thought this was such a fun mystery. Even though it was a murder mystery, it's full of humor to balance out some of the darker moments. Uh, but for what made it unique for me was that the main character breaks the fourth wall and talks to you directly as the reader uh, throughout the story. He even references back to some of the scenes on specific pages in the book that tie into what's happening in the present, which was kind of cool if you wanted to take a look back and compare. I don't know if this is new or not. It might not be, but it's the first book I've read that was like that. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, when I started it, I was taking notes because there were a lot of characters, there was a lot going on. So I loved when the author slash main character uh, stopped in the story and acknowledged that there's a lot going on. And then there was a half chapter that was given as like a, a quick recap of everything that's gone on to make sure you're not missing anything. Um, I would actually love to see more books do this. Uh, but overall, I just, um, even though I ended up guessing the plot twist before the end, I still really enjoyed the write, the read. I have that on my TBR. I loved it. I read it with my virtual book club and it was a pretty popular pick. Okay. My most unique book was How to Survive Your Murder by Daniel Valentine. And once again, I'm talking about a YA book. <laughs> I don't read a lot of YA, but... <laughs> Here we go. Um, this was such a fun, twisty ride, though. It's packed with 90 references and nostalgia, and I was just here for it. And the only reason I picked up this book is because I was meeting the author for her new adult release, Delicate Condition. I was meeting her. I hadn't read anything by the author before. I was like, let me pick up another book by her before I meet her, you know? So I picked this one up. And then I read that one and then I met her in Richmond and picked up Delicate Condition and I've since read that. So she has a very unique writing style and I love it. But this was my first by her and I was just really pleasantly surprised by how much I love it because like I said, I don't read much young adult, although That's this so list funny. is proving <laughs> otherwise. Um, it was just super unique and had several reveals that had my head spinning. It also like poked fun at itself in the horror genre in general. It starts off with a killer in a cornfield wielding a chainsaw against a hapless teenager before pivoting to the first person perspective of our protagonist, Alice, and recounting the events that led up to the attack, which ultimately 
ultimately ended in her sister Claire's death at the hands of Owen Trevor Maddox. A year later, as Alice is the only witness to her sister's death, she must testify at Owen's trial and essentially be the one to put him behind bars for good. But when a Sidney Prescott lookalike shows up, Alice is suddenly thrust back in time to right the wrongs of that fateful night and find out who the real killer is. So... That's where the fun little part of the story comes in. And I really don't want to say any more than that, but it was just so unexpected. I was like, is this actually happening in a like YA slasher book? I guess it is. And it was just so unique. So I loved it. <laughs> That's That sounds like a lot of fun. All right. Biggest drama queen. This is for sure Colleen Carter from Next Door Nemesis by Alexa Martin. So Colin runs for uh, HOA president uh, against her ex-childhood best friend just to spite him after her parents received a complaint about their lawn from the HOA. So Colin is the cheese-loving queen of petty, and I was so here for it. The HOA, uh, HOA drama will have you wanting to break out the popcorn, uh, the dialogue, the witty banter, the neighborhood gossip, it all had me snore laughing. Alexis Martin's humor is a bit on the dry side, which I connect to, so I think she's hilarious. The This book had wonderful characters, and I would love to see a sequel featuring Colin's best friend. So I am, like, manifesting that through this podcast. Manifest I would love to see a sequel. <laughs> yes. Um, so I have a few friends who read this as an ebook and they didn't really care for it. But then the friends who listened to it on audio, like I did all loved it. So this is one that I think it just has to do with the performance. Um, Jade Weller did a fantastic job with her performance, with the delivery of the lines. It was a top notch performance. So, um, if you want to dive into some HOA drama, uh, Next Door Nemesis by Alexa Martin on audio. Definitely. Love that. I like that you're pointing out whether you should listen to it on audio or not, because I do love good audio books. It makes such a huge difference. They really do. It can make or break a book, obviously. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Okay, so my most dramatic character has to be Tara Chen from X's and O's by Amy Lee. She is a romance novel obsessed social media influencer who revisits her exes on her hunt for true love. Um, So Amy Lee's writing is so easy to jump right into. It's light and sweet and funny. And it also weaves in real like issues, making it so relatable to the readers. X's and O's follows Tara Chen, Crystal's older sister. So um, Crystal's book was the first book in the series. This is the second book in the Influencer series. Um, She is a bookstagrammer, a book talker, and a romance reader. So she was like very relatable, obviously. And she's dying for her very own meet cute. Instead, she is desperate to find a date to a work function and decides to try reconnecting with her exes to see if they have gotten better with age. In the meantime, she's moved into an apartment with a new roommate, Trevor, as in the first book in the series. He's a firefighter also. So her sister had a firefighter. She's like, might as well have a firefighter for herself. (laughs) Um, But he has a heart of gold and I loved him so much. Um, But their views on romance are very different. Trevor is a one night sort of guy and Tara wants to find the one Um, as the two get to know each other more they become friends and Trevor helps Tara track down and reconnect with her exes but her journey is leading him to discover his own journey I absolutely loved this book I love that you chose this one yeah I loved it too I can't wait for the new one the catch 
All right, next superlative, most creative. So I chose Murder in the Family by Kara Hunter. Disclaimer, this writing style will not be for everyone, but I thought that the way the story was pieced together was really creative. So the entire book is written through different forms of media, like a docuseries script, newspaper clippings, text messages, voicemails, and there's even a social media comment threads. Um, It was hard to adjust to at first, but once I started visualizing that I was just watching a a Netflix docuseries, Um, as I read, I got really into it. And then the drama that comes at the end was on par with reality TV. This is about a fictional true crime series that dives into a cold case involving the murder of the filmmaker's stepfather. His family joins in for interviews along with other key players in the investigation as they try to solve the case 20 years later. So this was another pick for my virtual book club. All of us loved it. Again, there, it definitely took some adjustments to the writing style. But like, if you can pick it up, if you can get into it, it was so worth the read. All right. My pick has to be Shark Heart by Elmi Habeck. Um, in this one, you have newlyweds who face the unimaginable in this epic tale about marriage, motherhood, and enduring love. For Lewis and Wren, their first year of marriage is also their last. A few weeks after their wedding, Lewis receives a rare diagnosis. He will retain most of his consciousness, memories, and intellect, but his physical body will gradually turn into a great white shark. It honestly does not get more creative than that. It just doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Cutest couple. Yay. So once again, I am talking about Last Call at the Local by Sarah Grenda Ruiz. Um, I know I've already talked about this, but Jack and Rain were my favorite book book couple of the year. It's definitely an opposites attract situation, but what I loved is that they complement each other so beautifully, and I just thought it was such a healthy depiction of a relationship, even as it gets messy. Yeah, I think sometimes we just get like the glaze over eyes that everything's supposed to be a fairy tale. And it's like, no, things are going to get messy. Trust me. (laughs) Um, My favorite couple this year was Amelia and Noah from When in Rome by Sarah Adams. And again, opposites certainly attract for the stranded pop star and the small town baker in this charming slice of romance. I can't recommend the book enough. If you like small town hallmark rom-coms, then you must pick this book up immediately. Amelia and Noah and the town of Rome are something special. I loved that book so much. I haven't read the second book yet. Have you? Practice makes perfect. Yeah. Have you read that one yet? Did you like that one? I have. I did like it, but I still liked when in Rome. Okay. Okay, good. I'm, I'm happy that you told me that so I can set my expectations. Yeah, I don't know. I, I agree that when in Rome just gave me all the happy feels. Again, practice makes perfect. It's cute. It's cute. Um, but I'm definitely partial <laughs> okay, to, <good. laughs> to Amelia and Noah. Yeah, I love them. And our last superlative today, we're just going to be a little bit shallow here and go with the best dressed, our favorite <laughs> book cover of 2023. So uh, my pick is Heartless Hunter by Kristen Ciccarelli. I hope I'm saying that right. I'm not sure. Uh, so this is the book that is actually coming out 
next month, but I finished it at 11.30 p.m. on New Year's Eve, so <laughs> it falls under 2023. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned, like, you don't read a lot of YA, and yet you had all these YA books. I said, oh, I'm dabbling in a fantasy, and yet I don't know how many of my answers just involve fantasy, so same. <laughs> um, so this is a fantasy novel about a witch and a witch hunter. And I have to say that my new favorite storyline, and this is a long one, but it's now enemies who secretly fake date to extract information from one another, like they're undercover spies, uh, but then they actually fall in love and now they're in a pickle. I love that. Um, Yes, it was super fun. This is the second book I read that had that uh, theme for the year. So I don't know if that's becoming a thing now, but I loved it. Here for it. Give me more. Um, so to describe it, the book itself, it has a scarlet moth in the center and it's bejeweled with these like emerald gems and the moth is outlined in gold. And then the background of the book is this really pretty blue green with specks of gold at the top. And then the bottom had these scarlet flecks and like kind of like a smoky texture to it at the bottom. Um, it is absolutely stunning. Ooh, it sounds beautiful. So my most beautiful book is kind of simple but it just really stood out to me. It's The Half Moon by Mary Beth Keene, and it was designed by David Littman. The Dust Jacket, designed by David Littman, pulled me in. Um, you have to look it up to appreciate it in all its glory, but for the sake of the episode, I'm going to do my best to describe it. Um, it's a very simplistic cover of like turquoise with two half moons and gold foil that also includes sort of like a silhouette of these faces and like the crescent part of the moon. It's subtle, but it's there. And the font choice fits perfectly. Definitely best dressed. So that is a wrap on our 2023 bookish superlatives. Thank you so much for joining Yay. me on the podcast today, Amy. Thanks so much for having me. It was great to hang out with you. Yeah, and I'll see you soon at Book Club, of course. Talk Bookish to Me is a bi-weekly podcast bringing you book discussions, recommendations, and literary topics galore. Follow me on Instagram at Talk Bookish Podcast. Rate and review the podcast on Apple and Spotify. The link for Patreon is in the show notes, along with links for Amy's social media. And until next time, happy reading!